What's going on, guys? Another big episode of the Almost Made It podcast. This week, we had on an absolute legend, Santo Chilauro. We spoke about his uh, unofficial translating skills for Juventus when they came here, his how Santo Semenets were born, and also staying in a brothel with his old man at the 2002 World Cup. Let's jump straight in. Welcome back to episode episode nine of season two of the Almost Made It podcast, proudly brought to you by Cultural Club. Before we get into it, a quick little shout out to my good friend and uh, ex-assistant coach, Nick Effie, for uh, actually making this happen. Um, but with us, we are in the presence of greatness, to be honest. I started writing this introduction last night and I thought, do I actually have to? Like, <laughs> if you don't know this man, what are you doing? Um, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Santo Chilauro, or you might know him as Santo Chilauro. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Or uh, you, you might know me as what my dad calls me, Santino. 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 Very good. Um, it's an absolute honor to have you here. Oh, thanks so for thank having you for coming on. Thank it's, you for uh, having me. It's great to be on, in a podcast called uh, Almost Made It when, when I never made it in, in, oh. in your field. Oh. Well, uh, so I'm one, I'm one notch <laughs> below it. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> Trust me, I'm talking, about the, I'm talking about the football field. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. which we'll get into. Um, let's start from your beginning pretty much. Mm. What was your childhood like growing up in Australia? My childhood was, you know, I grew up in a, in a sort of a, a typical Italian migrant family in, um, in Collingwood in Melbourne, which is basically just around the corner from where we're, we're recording this. Uh, extremely happy childhood. Extremely, I can't tell you how wonderful it was. It was everything about it was great. Don't have any bad memories at all. Um, I, I lived in a, in, a, in an area that was so uh, had so many ethnic communities in there that people asked me, you know, later on they said, "Oh, did you you know did you see much racism when you were growing up?" I said, "Yeah, oh, yeah, we gave the Australians a really hard time, <laughs> you know." And they go, "No, no, no. I mean, you go, no, 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 no one, no one did anything to us. We were the majority." So. Um, and also, yeah, but what was it like growing up in a, you know, in, in a working class family in a working class suburb? Uh, no, no, I didn't work. My dad was a solicitor. You know, he was a, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a working class. Well, I mean, he worked very hard, but it it was a, it was so it was a slightly it was a it was a slight it was a typical uh, migrant setup, except for the fact that my dad was a solicitor. But in many ways, he was a solicitor for the community for for his own uh, Baizani. And uh, so I used to wake up in the morning to go to school. My grandfather used to take me to school every morning as a little kid and there would be people lining up at our house to go see my dad because they, could, they couldn't take time off work. Oh. So it was very much still a community thing. And even when my dad ended up having a, a solicit, solicitor's office in Brunswick, which he only finished working at three or four years ago, he's still practising up until he was 90, um, there – it was it was such a it was like being at a marketplace you know it was a, it was really you know and, and as a kid I used to work at the office so I loved working at the office and my dad would always say things to me like okay you're looking after the office on Saturday I won't be in right but accept no fruit okay if someone <laughs> doesn't have any money don't take any fruit and 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 I was such an easy target because. I'll never forget. Oh, you, you got no idea. Dominic came from the market. He gave us a sack of cherries, a whole sack, <laughs> a whole sack of cherries. Um, a bit like sort of Jack and the Beanstalk story, but uh, a really happy childhood. Uh, it would have been a, my dad would have been a lot happier had I been better at uh, at playing soccer. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's what we're about to ask, actually. So how did how did 
playing soccer come about? My, da- my dad was involved in at, at Juventus in the 1950s and 60s in, the, in that golden era where I'm sure you guys have heard that, that Olympic Park used to be full of, you know, when, when Juventus played South Melbourne Hellas, there would be 30,000 people, 40,000 people at, at, at the at, uh, Olympic Park. I remember it very clearly as a kid. Uh, so my dad was involved at Juventus and then he, took a, then he took up a position at the Victorian Soccer Federation, which he kept forever. In fact, you know, he still gets, he still gets the, the, the lifetime pass, you know, every year to go to see the, um, the, the, the state league games. He was on the board of appeals up until a short, short time ago. So he was always involved in, in, in soccer. I used to go to the games. He, you know, his dream was that I could play well. I was such a, you know, <laughs> such a shocking player. I, my, my enthusiasm for the game is in inverse proportion to how good I am at the game. What Oh, mate, they, they tried me everywhere. <laughs> I just did. My dad used to look at me, he goes, hey, you know what? Here's a good, here's a thing. Here's a tip, Santo. Do not practice your cricket bowling action <laughs> on the foot, on the, on the soccer field. It just does not look good. The coach doesn't like that. So, you know, they were, and I, also I was really overweight as a kid. Not really overweight, but overweight. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't the athletic type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they tried me in, in, in defense. You know, they'd hide me wherever they could really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to play goalkeeper every now and again. You know what? I didn't, I, I played at a pretty good level when, once I started getting into shape. So at Melbourne University uh, where I did my, my law and arts degree, uh, I played for Melbourne Uni, which was, it was in Provisional League, mm-hmm. which I don't even know whether it still exists these days, but I played at a good level. Uh, again, I, I, I played, they, they, when they heard that I used to be a goalkeeper, they threw me in goals. And I think we'd lost 13-0 one game and they moved me back out into the field. Yeah, you know? not a bad idea. Uh, so, yeah, so safe to say no matter what, I was never the great player. I played indoor up until a few years ago. You know, I, I, I just love the game. Of course. Can't so you away. mentioned cricket. Were you good at any other sports? Were you good at cricket? Did you any I was okay in footy. I was yeah. okay in footy. Yeah. I used Were you to better play at footy, footy than, than, than soccer? Or? Uh, I mean, I, I I think I may have been captain of the soccer team at, at high school, yeah. at my secondary school. So I got to a was I captain? I think I was. Jesus, God, my, my <laughs> memory's gone there. Uh, yeah, as I said, when I slimmed down, I was okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I played footy, I was okay. You know, yeah, yeah. I was okay. So I could you just knew manage. sort of that it wasn't a path that you wanted to take professionally? No. Absolutely And then you not. had other, obviously, uh, passions and stuff. That you, Ab- took, you know, yeah. my dad would have taken me aside going, mate, don't. You know, yeah, 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 d- yeah, don't yeah. put yourself through this. Yeah, because sometimes you know, people, they get to that age and it hits them and they're like, actually, no, I can, you know, do this. Oh, but you knew straight away. Straight away. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, I learned that. You know, yeah. m- both my boys who are now in their early to mid-20s, They've they've gone through the the, the the NPL system, you know, at Port Melbourne and South Melbourne, various places. And I, I you know, I always, I'm always very wary of those parents that sit around going, you know, my boy's gonna has been, they're, they're looking at him. He might be going to Spain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you're, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I've seen that over and over again over you know over the years. So, you know, there's lots of false hope out there, mind you. I mean, you can't you got to follow that stuff Definitely. as well. Otherwise, you know, we're never going to progress as a nation. Yeah. You got to do that. Uh, but I've got to say, you know, uh, over the years I've been watching a lot of junior football and I can count the, you know, the names of really good players maybe on, on, on the fingers of one hand mm. of all that time. So, I, and I don't know what that, I don't know what that means, whether as, as young, as a young generation, we're too complacent and we don't, you know, if I don't make it, I don't make it, I'll go and study, I'll go do yeah. something else, or whether it's the coaching isn't quite right or whether the connections from here to then overseas aren't quite right. I think you know, it's a, a combination yeah, of everything. I think it might be. Think, to be honest. Because I mean, I, I I saw as a little kid, uh, Denis uh, 
Genro, is that his surname? Oh, the French yeah, boy. Uh, yeah. Melbourne City. If, at, so he went oh, to he Melbourne, Melbourne City, City because yeah. of yeah. John Van Skip was there, That's loved right. him. And in yeah. fact, I think he may have then gone back to Holland well, with he's John. He's in France at the moment. He's in France at the From moment. From the last time I saw, yeah, yeah, saw yeah. He's he's about the best I saw as a little kid. Yeah. And I think he got his chances to go overseas through John Van Skip, through yeah. literally going, John saying, I, I believe in this kid, come over to, with me. Um, so it's those connections yeah. that help, Definitely. you know. Uh, Usually the opportunity at least. Yeah, yeah. Jason yeah. Davidson, people like that, you know, they, they got their chances that way. Mark Viduka, I mean, Mark Viduka is a classic one where it, it, if it weren't for those connections uh, at, at Melbourne Knights with those close connections with Croatia, you know, he would never have got to Europe at the age of whatever he was because no he's 17 or 18, I, yeah, I, I think can't he remember. Was 17. I remember yeah. reading super yeah. young. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you're spot on. Like it's all – there's a lot of it. A lot of it, I think, revolves around culture mm. as well, just as we are as a footballing nation. Like you mentioned, like if you don't make it, oh, that's right, I'll just go and study, yeah. which is okay. very real. And in a way, we're pretty lucky yes. right, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you go across the world and for them, if they don't make it, mm. there's nothing else. Yeah. So I'll there's try, that yeah, mentality. In Brazil, I mean, you know, you've… Exactly. <laughs> it's sort of as well how serious we take the game, I think, as well, compared to overseas. Like we've had our own experiences and it's like they look at… That is their bread and butter. That's yeah. what brings food on the table. Whereas here, a lot of the times, it's like it's sort of a, a fun game, you know. Yeah. But it means a lot more. It, it actually, and it counts for a lot more yes. than what we sort of think it is. So it's very more, much more friendly here. Yeah, it's very. And much I think so. it, it, it's sort of it's to our detriment when then kids go overseas. Yeah. And then they cop it like that, and it's like a rude awakening. Well, we and they're like, Jesus, good, yeah. Well, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. doesn't speak to me. This guy, but it's like you got to hold your own. That was the yeah, great strength of Mark Bresciano. Mark, Mark, who I love dearly, and I re, I put him up there as as one of our great products. Absolutely. You know, up there with Dukes and um, and Vinny and and Harry Kuehl and and obviously all the other greats. But Bresh really went there and shut up, zipped his mouth, learned yeah. his trade. You know what I mean? Exactly. He just did it with respect. Didn't expect anything else. And um, and I, you know, I hope Vinny Grella doesn't sort of get upset at me that I relate a story that he once told. But as a player agent, he says that sometimes you, you get young people. You know, it's basically like, yeah. So what can you do for me, mate? And you go, hey, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 just relax. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, the, that sense of entitlement of is like just temper that, guys, because Definitely. you know who you're talking to. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and they. And he was saying, you know, sometimes they compare themselves to players and you, and you go, you're too young to start doing that. You've you've actually got to have a bit of humility and confidence, of course, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. You, yeah, know, exactly. you, don't, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm. but you do have to sit back a bit and go, okay, I've got to be patient here. You know, I, I might go somewhere. Yeah. I don't like what this guy's saying, but just zip it for now because he's been there, he's done that. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Mm. But Bresch has shown that that patience, I reckon, that has then paid off in spades later. I mean, he had a great long, you know, probably over-delivered, I reckon, for two or three years after his prime, you know, still kept on giving stuff that you go, oh, my God, you know. You know, would we have got to the World Cup in 2006 without Bresch in the in, in the lead-up? I, I don't know. It's Probably not. I think probably. that's the key by what you say is those type of players, you see them go overseas, but they had a like a long career. Yeah. Whereas a lot of young players now, they go overseas and then next year they're back in the A-League. Yeah. yeah. Whereas those type of players, were, they had a whole career in Europe. Oh, they don't exist they don't even. They didn't even come back no, to playing in the right. A-League. They just finished off at the highest level and that was it. Yeah. So I think there's definitely something in that. And 
I think that's also the 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 world we live in. That entitlement. That it's like, mate, you got to earn. You got to earn yeah, that. You don't just rock up and yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be. Oh, you know? if you if you ever talk to guys like Ned Zelich or Frank Farina and those people, they literally went there when they were yeah. 17 or 18 on their own. Yeah. You know, they're literally on their own going, well, yeah, well, I just got a phone call from the, the coach. The coach is doing me, you know, is saying I've got to do this, so I'll do that, and I don't know what's going to happen. And yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we've been there. The yeah. Craig Johnson story is pretty amazing too. I what's mean, really. I mean, some of the some of the stories that he tells, oh, yeah. you know, when he went over there, just remarkable. They, they, they really are. And I can't even imagine, having had two boys, right, who are pretty, you know, they, they, they've got their heads screwed on or, you know, they know what they're doing. They wouldn't have been able to handle that. They would have been they would have been sucking with yeah. on, on the phone with me every thirty minutes. Yeah, different different generation. I reckon. I don't know. There's just like when. So obviously you know Alan Davison. Yes, he's he was our coach yeah. for many many years. He yeah. was the uh, a big reason I why we went helped, overseas. That's one of the reasons why we were able to, but, to stay overseas. For yeah, right. even even right. The, even the stories he tells about Jason, um, in, being oh, in Japan. Japan. I know. Oh, I've heard yeah. those you stories. Know, like Unbelievable stories. Incredible. The discipline that he had to go through in the early days and how tough it was. Because I think Jason was only about 14 when yeah, he went. Was yeah. 14. And I don't think he spoke Japanese no, at yeah. all at the time. No. He's probably told Even though he's got, he's got the he's got he could get the yeah, passport he's because of Japanese, the passport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The story well, about him being late to training and they shaved everyone's head. Yes. And yeah. yeah, no, I heard that story. These things are he was late to training, so they shaved everybody's heads. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Because they were very military style, yeah. which we know that. With the, that's the way Japan is. But even though when he's like, uh, he rang his dad after six months and he's like, dad, 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 like he was all excited. He goes, my teammates invited me out for the first yeah, time yeah. after six months. He had after no six, one. Yeah. And he was playing with them and he'd score goals. They wouldn't even go up no. to him, nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, imagine with all respect, but a lot of, most kids these days, yeah. they would crumble after yeah, yeah. that. But this guy like at 14 yeah. is but, still gone. Well, mm-hmm. well uh, 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 who was he? Uh, Craig Johnson, when he went to uh, Middlesbrough, I think, at the age of 16, I think one of the Charltons, Eddie Charlton or Bobby Charlton, I can't yeah. remember which of the Charltons was the coach. After about a week, Craig was calling up his parents every week because they'd mortgaged the house so he could travel there on his own, oh, right? Geez. They mortgaged, In fact, they just sold the house a couple of years ago, the house that they mortgaged in, oh, in Newcastle. And uh, and he's and he, so one day, Charlton's, you know, pointing to everyone. He's a tough bastard. He's pointing to everyone. He's going, <laughs> mate, you're too slow. Mate, you're too fat. You know, yeah. he's doing all this kind of stuff. He gets to he gets to Craig Johnson and he said, "And you are by far the worst player I have ever seen in my whole life." Right? Jesus. He said he said that to Craig, who's like seventeen years old, and he's calling his parents every day about you know how well it's going. So he's called his mum. So his mum called up and he goes, "How's it going today?" He's going, "Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. The, the gaffer the gaffer spoke to us, and you know what he said to me, mum?" And she said, "She said what?" He goes, "He said to me, he's the." You are the best player I've ever seen in my whole life. And and, and when he got kicked out, of the, he, he got dropped from the team. He didn't leave the club. He lived in the where, where the, the groundsman lived. He, he The groundsman let him live in the shed, right? And he literally um, set up a wall at the car park with circles and stuff in it where he'd kick the ball. He, he, he invented his own um, routine kind of thing to, to keep his skills up and got the groundsman to tell him whenever the coach was about to drive up to, so that he could hide. And he's, and he's trying to do it. Strangely enough, he's trying to develop that as an actual, uh, program. Oh, the actual, really? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's always full of ideas. I mean, yeah. he's had a million yeah. ideas. It's, it's incredible though, because that wouldn't happen these days to start mm. with. But then how are we saying that sense of entitlement of younger players, mm. these guys who made it, 
I found anyway, even today, like we saw Bresh a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we were playing um, paddle. Um, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And he was there. And yeah. Bresh, Bresh was part of the reason I got to go overseas. Right. He helped me get to Palermo. But seeing him, I hadn't seen him for probably, geez, well over 10 years. <laughs> right, right. And he f- sat down with us. We had a chat. <laughs> with all for, his mates that were there. Yeah, we yeah. just thought casual And this people. guy is someone in every right has – can be as arrogant as he likes, really. Absolutely. For he's the things he has achieved. He's top of the tree. Yeah. Exactly. He's my, fa- he's my favorite. Yeah. You know, you know oh, that he's know, my favorite. Because of Brescia's diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> and he, what the, a gentleman he is too. And, what a And person. gentle, quiet. And you, you, we see it with like, more, like you know, people that maybe they've played a handful of games and they're walking around like they're well, Cristiano that's, that's Ronaldo. Exactly. And it's that's like you've got players like him. And then you sort of wonder why he made it and it's like, well, I think that's got to do with it as well because he's a good human being. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? And that that's why he has longevity in the game. Yeah, yeah. And you say now, I think he's at Catania, now he's doing yes, work with I them. I think he I might think be working away, with them. Or he's yeah. moved away with them. I don't know. But he's, he's still always, you know, he's still in the loop yeah. because he's obviously good at what he does. Mm. So it's credit to him. You uh, mentioned Melbourne Uni very briefly. Yes. My mother, when I told her that uh, I was very lucky to get you on the show, the first thing she – uh, mentioned was the Melbourne Uni reviews. Oh, right. So she was with. at Melbourne Uni in yes. the 80s, was she? Well, she used to, yeah, come and see you. Right, um, okay. Yeah, no, we so, did reviews back then, yeah. Yeah, what was that about? She sort of tried to explain it to you. They still do. They, uh, they, there are still faculty reviews. They're right. comedy shows. Okay. They're comedy shows. Right. So uh, Melbourne University has a very long tradition of um, law reviews, uh, I think architecture reviews, uh, I think the the medical people maybe have one night where they just have a one night of a, a of an entertainment kind of thing, and it's basically you don't have to be in the in the faculty. I mean, we had lots of people that weren't studying law that were doing it, but uh, in this tradition, uh, you basically get together. It's an ensemble. You write, you you do your sketches, you you do your shows, and so we were doing this in in the early eighties, and that's where I met my my working dog colleagues back then. That's that's so that's well over 40 years ago now. And the only reason I remember I got, because I, I'm, I'm a terrible actor. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst actor in the world. I, I, and in fact, pretty bad comedian. I can't even tell a joke. Uh, in fact, my friends get me to tell jokes because they know how much I mangle them. <laughs> I, I can write jokes and, yeah, stuff, yeah. and I can write for others and I can sort of, you know, improvise and stuff. But I, I'm, you know, far from being a funny person. But I used to make films and... Uh, I used to make it on a Super 8 camera. That's how far back. The, the, it's probably further back than w- w- when your mum even came and saw us. But um, And I remember I, w- I said to the law review people, I can make funny films. Uh, are you interested? And they said, oh, yeah, uh, how much is it going to cost? You know, how much, what's your film ratio? How much film do you need to, um, to make? A, you know, for a three-minute film, how much film do we need to buy? And I got the job because I said I need three minutes of film because I just didn't edit. I just basically just, what we shoot is what we get, wow. and I I stop rolling and then we we you know, do do all the editing that way. Uh, and now there are film festivals like that. Yeah. There, there are there are there are there are there are actual film festivals around the world where you make films without editing. So um, so I'd like I like to say that I pioneered that, um, <laughs> and then slowly I got to meet the guys, all the guys that did. So year after year we did, kept on doing reviews. I, I, the only reason I did law arts is because I wanted to do the longest uh, course that I could possibly think of to stay at uni for the longest <laughs> amount of time. I, did, I wasn't serious about being a lawyer. And, uh, and then we ended up doing in 1984, there was something called the Melbourne University Review where we combined the various uh, reviews from the faculties and that was the start of uh, – there was a 
group called The Degeneration, which was an early uh, pre- predecessor to it, The Late Show and all our working dog shows after that. So they were lots of fun, but, geez, they were the, – the, the amount of fails that we had there, that, that yeah. were the, the best times were when things went wrong, Gosh. you know what I mean? So there was – they, they were funny, and your mum probably remembers some funny sketches and things that we did. But my God, there were some deaths. What there was, was some deaths. What was like the worst one? <laughs> there was there was one where I, I, it was so bad. It was me dressed up as an ant, and <laughs> uh, it was me dressed up as an ant. And I, I used and I was getting upset at people for 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 being so big and wanting to step on me and do sort of stuff to me. So I was just an, it was called angry ant, and. Um, <laughs> And th- there were two disasters about Angry Ant. And the f- one of them was we did a show in Canberra once where um, it was a different it was a different setup. The lighting wasn't from directly above us. It was a floodlight. So it was from a distance directly into my eyes. So when you have one of those lights on you, you can't see anything around you. Uh, and it was a sort of a cabaret kind of thing. So people were eating around us. And as, my, as an Angry Ant, I couldn't even get angry because I, I didn't know where I was I couldn't walk anywhere because I was scared that I'd fall off the stage. <laughs> and halfway through it, I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is stupid. Uh, this is just all psychological. I, I rehearsed this without the lights. There's a stage around me. I should just walk. My first step, <laughs> I ended up straight on a table. I ended up, I smashed all these, I landed on, on, on a table. So it was a complete disaster. And then there was another time when, when I, and we were about to stop doing Angry Ant, not, not only because I'd hurt myself, but because it just wasn't funny. <laughs> And uh, I'll never forget Mark, Down- Mark Downey, who's now in uh, Kath and Kim. She-, she always works with Magda Jabansky and, and, and all the others. And one night, Angry Ant got a laugh. It was the people were laughing at it. And I've walked off and I go, there you go, Mark, because she was always very sceptical. I go, see, Angry Ant got a laugh. And she goes, you don't know what happened. I go, what do you mean what happened? It got a laugh. She goes, your dick is hanging out. <laughs> so so, we were, so we were in this, I was in this suit dressed as an ant and I hadn't tucked myself in properly. And there's me thinking that it was getting laughed. So uh, I, to me, Alessandra, I think that constitutes probably my biggest disaster. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> would you say throughout that, your career doing those sort of reviews, that part of your career, mm. was that what kick-started everything else? Oh, totally. Uh, well, yeah, yes, it, it was because, you know, we learned to fend for ourselves. We, we, we were making a living out of it. We were, traveling, we were traveling around Australia and, you know, playing joints and living in bad places but making money and, you know, we had to learn the business of, you know, making sure that we could sustain ourselves. Otherwise, we just couldn't travel. Mm. Um, I'd say that the, what, what really built up who Working Dog is now and the way we write now is when we, we went on radio, we, we did breakfast show at Triple M for about eight years and that really honed our skills. That was, that was hard going. That was three hours every morning. We weren't taking callbacks and like, you know, hey, what's the worst date you've ever you – know, we yeah, weren't yeah. doing any of that. Mm. We were just commenting on what was happening during the day and then inventing characters and sketches. I'm sure you, you can ask your mum about those ones <laughs> um, if she remembers. Uh, and that really honed our skills, that, that – that, Radio, you've got to be consistent. you just got to turn up every day and do – I guess it's like playing soccer, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You go, day, you yeah. got to, you've just got to do that work. Well, you've got to do the, the – and then it, when it happens for you on the field, you go, yeah, that's because I, I did exactly. the work. Do you think that there was a like a real moment during those years that you thought I can actually really 
make it in this industry? <laughs> was there just one um, moment or was it like a accumulation of we, we had faith. Yeah. We had faith. We in fact every time we'd encounter uh any negativity, we we fed on that. Mm. Which is I'm presuming happens in sport a lot. You know, when you find you get a coach or a person or someone even in your own yeah. family, you're going, you know what, I don't think you're made for this. I mean, talk to Ange Postacoglu about this stuff. I mean, he's I mean, how many how many knocks do you get? We've seen yeah. that. He used to give it to his law from when do he was. Do you remember that interview which with Craig Foster? Craig Foster? Oh, yeah, that was amazing. And yeah. everyone now, everyone's like, he's an unbelievable, but he could have easily just crumbled now. Absolutely. Yeah. But 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 you you got to roll with that. You've got to go with that. You, and you've got to have faith. I mean, Ange is probably the, the man who's got the most faith in himself that I can possibly think of when you think about it. I mean, really. And um, I mean, he was literally coaching, he was coaching his. His school side when he was about 14 or 15, he literally told the, the, I don't know whether you've read his book. His book's amazing. His book's fantastic. He told the art teacher who was the, at Paran High, was the, was <laughs> the soccer coach. Yeah, of course it, it was. He, yeah. So, so uh, he just went up to, and, and, that, but, but, and they were playing in the, in the previous year's uh, football jumper, the AFL jumpers in the, with, the, with oh, the cutoff shirt. They were yeah, playing football in a cutoff shirt. And they ended up winning up the, the, the state titles. So was that the beginning but, of his coaching? Career, pretty let's much say. So. Yeah. Also because, I mean, I don't know whether you know, but his dad was a very, was quite, he loves his dad, quite tough on him. Yeah. And uh, and his dad used to say s- s- stuff and we're like, yeah, you're a good player, but you're not, you're not that great. He'd be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, mm. He's played for Australia and he's, yeah, his, his dad's still going, you're probably a better coach than you are. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to quote the wrong yeah, thing yeah, from, from, but uh, sort of that in, in yeah. that world. But. You know, th- so there were clearly moments where, th- where you're going, I don't know whether this is going to work and, you know, I, uh, you know, I do have a fallback. I can you know, go back into the profession. I can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But you've you got to stick with it. And um, so every time, you know, every time someone at uni came up to us and you'd ask for a grant going, you know, we're going to try and travel Australia with this show, have a look at it. Can we have a, a university grant so we can represent Melbourne University? And they'd go, no, it's sort of not quite uh, edgy enough or something like that. You'd sit there. So rather than actually get knocked knocked down by that, you'd be encouraged. you go, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. That's I'm going to prove that people do like that stuff. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think that's held us in good stead. So, so in the past, when I've worked with Sam uh, uh, Pang and Ed Cavalier on um, Santo, Sam and Ed, you know, we, we kind of know, you know, no, no, one's, no one at SBS is going to tell us, oh, hang on, you might offend your audience by doing that. You're going, yeah. I don't want to offend my audience. I love my audience. So, you know, if you think that an, an ethnic uh, uh, group will not like that, I disagree. Mm. You know, I disagree. I think that if you know, if you do your comedy from a from a good, that, 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 if people know that it's coming from a good place, yeah. they're yeah, going to go with it. They're not going to sit there and go, oh, that's offensive. I find that offensive. You shouldn't say that about, about Italians, that they're, they're all like that. You go, well, come on. It's just a joke. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean yeah. as, in, as in jokes rely on generalizations. Exactly you know what I mean? Right. That's, so if you can't make a generalization, you can't have a joke almost. Do you know what I mean? So, what is your opinion? Because I know these days this is a very, it's very, it'd be very hard. Yeah, being no, 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 being can, being, getting cancelled is a is a thing. You know, yeah. um, so I, I we got given advice really, really early on by by some you know by legendary comedians, and they're saying, and and they always said, whatever you do, if if you're worried about offending something, but just make sure it's really funny. 
because if it's not really funny, yeah, then yeah, you're, you're, you're getting in trouble there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just if you yeah. make it really funny, then people go, oh, come on. Yeah, he's yeah, joking, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know what I mean? I, I, it's it's not offensive towards dwarfs. It's just a funny yeah, story yeah. about a dwarf who got on a bus, yeah. you know, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, so it, it, but it is hard. It is, and also the world has changed. So you, you actually do have to keep it in mind. So we were going to do uh, uh, Cup Fever again. The last time we did a, a World Cup show was in 2010 in South Africa. Yeah. And, and and 2010 to 2000, and when was Qatar? Did they do it in 22 or 23? Last year, wasn't it? Did no, they delay it by a year or was it 20, yeah, last 22, 22. In those 12 years, the world has changed. So you're sitting there you're going, well, you know, what we would have, you know, we would have, uh, done this uh, ethnic stereotype? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. No, because then if you, it's also a matter of uh, a critical mass. If if mm. you end up if if all of a sudden you go, hang on, it just seems to me that you're just having a go at a Spanish guy. You're having a go at a Qatari guy. You're having yeah. a go at a North Korean guy. You, it, it feels like it's yeah, top heavy. Yeah. 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 So you're going okay. So I think in comedy you do have to be careful. You can't just sit back and just and be so careful that you you say no, I, I can't possibly say that because then you'll end up saying nothing. In fact, it was funny that that uh, SBS did show the World Cup but didn't have an entertainment show that went with it. Yeah, because because uh, you're going well, that's interesting. So you'd rather not even have entertainment because of the fear that it might offend. Was that probably the reason where it was held? I'm presuming yeah, it's one of the which, reasons. Yeah. We, we, we sort of never, I mean, in the end, we made the decision not course, to make the yeah, show, but be, only because we thought it may be a bit too hard. Definitely. That's sad. With everything surrounding the tournament too, that, that was there, there, specific. Surrounding the tour, there was, yeah. And also, the, I, mean, I think there are sensibilities because it's in the Middle East and yeah, there's exactly. a particular religion, yeah, all that definitely. kind of stuff. But it, isn't it funny because I think I know <clears> – <throat> Our audience, Definitely. I think I know Western Sydney pretty well. I think, uh, I, and, so, and you're going, exactly. you know what? I think most people people would have really enjoyed it. 100%. Oh, anyway. I think especially that tournament, taking away that, but it was very contradicting from certain sides. It's like they're happy to do this, but then they don't want to do that. It's like, well, then if you're not happy, exactly. you shouldn't have them host the tournament then. You're right. Do, do you know what I mean? Right. I so, think there were some <laughs> double standards there. Yeah. Going, hey, come on. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't say I'm going to make a political statement here, yeah. but if you really want to make a political yeah, statement, then, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Absolutely. But going on to Santo Seminade, how, how did that come about? Yeah, how was that all? Because <laughs> yeah. um, we remember what, it in 2010. Do you remember it? Honestly. Were you I guys think, in, in, in Oz? Yeah, 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 just before. We, well, we were, I, how, remember, we, I remember 06. Yeah, the 06. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I was yeah, 11, yeah. but right. I used to look forward to that show like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. It well, was, 06 was just so just special. the best. It was it unbelievable. Was but So 06 was so, such good fun. And I – and. 06 was my third World Cup. I, I, I you know, love going to the World Cup. My dream was to take my dad to a World Cup, which we did in 2002. Uh, 98 was fantastic. After 2006, I, I, I did quite a lot of um, media from there. Uh, in fact, I did what, one, of the, one of the – the only reason I went to 1998 was because Mick Malloy and Tony Martin were doing a show on Fox uh, – on the Fox – network around Australia and one day they were talk talking to me about the upcoming World Cup in 98 and I said oh, and I was talking about it and in the end they said why don't you go over there as our correspondent and I said well geez that'd be fun yeah. but 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 you realize it's only two weeks away and they go no no we'll talk to the general manager if we can get some sponsorship you know maybe you know you what would you consider going on yeah, yeah. That, that is, that'd be all right <laughs> I got a phone call about half an hour later from 
the general manager, who's a mate of mine, he goes, hey, mate, uh, lock in your dates. Um, I've got a sponsor. You're going. Jeez. It was literally – it happened in about 45 minutes. Wow. And uh, so anyway, so I, and so I was doing phone calls back to them with, you know, just comedy uh, observations about what was going on. And, uh, and that, that, that really sort of um, uh, gave me a lot of confidence that I could do that kind of stuff. In fact, we were doing a show on Channel 10 at the time called The Panel. And uh, so I was doing a bit of stuff for them as well on TV, which was good. And uh, so I didn't do anything in 2002 because I went with my dad. 2006, I just wanted to see Australia play, but I did, still did a lot of media. So 2010, uh, I, Ed Cavalier, who knows more about football than anybody I know in the world. He's unbelievable. He's a machine. Big interface. Yeah, oh, man, he's, he's <laughs> so – I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's incredible. He truly is incredible. Uh, so he and I got together and thought, geez, this could be fun. I, I had known Sam because he was hosting a, uh, a breakfast show on community radio here, 3RRR in Melbourne, and um, I took an instant liking to him. I liked his style. He wasn't a huge soccer fan but – but major Liverpool, you know, like a lot yeah, of people, yeah, are, you yeah, know, they're yeah. not soccer fans, but they yeah. love Liverpool. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he did, mm. um, and just threw him into the deep end. He he had he had done a a, a show called ADBC, which was a a, a history version of um, Spicks and Specs. So it was a it was a it, it didn't go very well. He he, he keeps joking <laughs> about how they they keep repeating it just before the four thirty a.m. Korean news <laughs> on SBS. Um, so, so the three of us just got together. We, we, we had a great time. I can't tell you. It was, it was about 30 days in a row. We, every, every, we, we were on. The, the, time, the time difference was perfect because the shows, the, the, they wanted something to happen there. I think the, the first game was at about either 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock yeah. or something around then. So they needed an hour just to keep people interested. So it was perfect. It was. You know, or half an hour in there. Um, but geez, it was hard work because we'd be watching games in the morning, and we and it was a bit of a skeleton crew. I mean, a great crew, but it wasn't. It was us watching game time six, you know, as in yeah, you couldn't even watch it in real time because we didn't have enough time, yeah. and we'd be so exhausted by the middle of the day that we were recording it at Federation Square in Melbourne that we we booked a hotel called the Medina on 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 on, on Flinders Street. <laughs> Just so that we could sleep in the afternoon, and we never realised how crazy, how sus that looked, because <laughs> there were three grown men would get, would walk in, say hello to the receptionist, right, <laughs> at about one o'clock in the afternoon, and then two hours later emerge, oh, slightly dishevelled, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and say yeah. see you yeah. later, the and then come back every yeah. day at one yeah. o'clock and leave at three o'clock, <laughs> and uh, and geez, we had a good time too, because sometimes the guests after the show. If they couldn't leave, like I think one of the one of the Vidmars was on the show, so he he would then they would then come back and we would watch Australia games um, uh, in the hotel and then sleep there at night, you know, if, if we could. Um, and so it was great fun. It was like camp, you know. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, like yeah, camp, yeah, yeah. and we'd have great guests coming in. Every, you know, when the team came back, Dukes came in, and and geez, Dukes was funny. Dukes was just such a funny guy. Bresh with Bresh's diary. Oh, um, that was so good. I'll tell you a Duke story from 2006, though. He's so insane. Uh, he's such a funny guy. Geez, he makes me laugh and, and inadvertent. In fact, I'll go back. I'll go back before 2006. He, in 2003 or 2002, Leeds played 
they were playing in even before it was it was called the UEFA. UEFA uh, Cup. It, it was called, it was called the European Cup of uh, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever the UEFA Cup, yeah. and they were playing um, they were playing Valencia at home, and I was in England promoting uh, either a film or a book or something that I was doing, and I contacted him, and he said, "Oh mate, come come and watch the game. You know, my cousin Mario's going, and you know." My, my, my fiance Ivana is going to be there. Dad's going to be there. You can sit with them, and so I, I went there and I sat there and there was people all around. It was all these famous people, Leeds legends, all around me. And then his cousin said, "Oh, Dukes, uh, Dukes wants you to go to the rooms after the game. He wants, you know, he wants you to introduce you to the side." And I'm going, "No, that's too much." He goes, "No, he wants you to go." So I've gone underneath, and Dukes he goes, "Hey, everybody." This is the funniest guy in Australia, oh. right? He goes, and I'm sitting there going, what the hell? He's going, he's not that funny in real life, but he's really, he's a really funny guy. Right? <laughs> so that's the kind of guy. He just speaks out yeah. loud. In 2006, um, I, I went to the Australia versus Croatia game. And so we qualified to the fight for the, for the first time ever to, you know, to the round of 16. And I, I'm there in the, uh, it's called the mixed zone. I, uh, I, I, w- I went there with media accreditation, but because I wasn't with the broadcaster, uh, I couldn't go into the, the area where they had to talk, where the people had to talk to you. It's called the mixed zone where if they want to talk to you, as they walk past, they can talk to you. Anyway, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm hugging Bresh and all the guys that I knew and everything like that. And as I'm hugging Bresh, I get this big bear hug from behind and it's Dukes. And so he gives me a big, he goes, what are you doing here, mate? What are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm going, um, I'm going, oh, I've come to see you guys. He goes, oh, mate. Yeah, good to see you. Well, and I'm going, mate. Forget about me. Yeah. You, you've just captained the side, the first Australian side to get into the round of 16. It's unbelievable. Everyone in Australia is crying. My sister's crying. We love you. All this kind of stuff. He goes, he goes. Hey, mate. Do you have any late show tapes on you? <laughs> a videotape of a show we did called yeah. the Late Show. And and I'm and I'm looking at it and it didn't even. I, I was so emotional and crying I, that it didn't even register. So I said. Dukes, you got to understand, we love what's going. What a day! What an amazing day! And he's cutting me off. He's going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he goes, up. do you have any? Do you have any late show tapes on you? And I'm going, Dukes, I don't, ca- I don't carry my oh, yeah. stuff around. You know, I don't, I don't have this stuff. He goes, can you get some? Because we're going crazy in camp. I mean, uh, he didn't quite let us do anything. We need some stuff. Can you get something? Can you? I go, well, I've got a friend in London who might have something. He goes, yeah, do that. Can, can you get and, and meanwhile, the doors kept on opening up because they were waiting for him to do yeah, a press yeah. conference, right? And he's talking to me about these tapes. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going, yeah, mate, you've got to go and do a press conference. He goes, yeah, all right. And he walks off and as the doors, sliding doors open and all the lights switched on, he was like, there was just a silhouette of him walking into this massive thing. And then he turns around, he comes back to me, he goes, that sketch that you did, you and your uncle, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then he turned around and went and did the press conference. Just a random bloke, huh? Just a random guy. He seems like a good bloke to have a beer with, huh? Oh, good guy. <laughs> but again, he's got great ideas with, you know, with, with, with football. And, you know, he's quiet about it all. But again, as we were talking about before, he said, he, 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 he confided with me that he just said that, you know, with the removing of ethnicities from the A League here, it's obviously been a step forward because you can't you can't keep sticking with that, you know, uh, that past of you know Italians only barrack for this club and Greeks only barrack for that club. Blah blah blah. I can understand that, but he said it's got rid of networks, it's got That's rid of networks, and it's and it's it's opened up you know shonky academies and yep. and false hopes and all sorts of stuff where, where he said in the old days, in the NSL days when he played and when he was young, there were literally, there were 
there were people. You know, you know was, people yeah. actually did the work and people rang other people and said, I've got a boy here. Exactly. Oh. I've got a boy. Now, look, I, you know, that probably still does happen. I'm oh, sure it does. Definitely. But that, there was, that, 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 that stuff was rock solid. There's a lot of shonky agents that oh, feed man. on that stuff too and promise the world. Yeah. But I think also what it's done as well is football clubs back in those days, and I'm sure you would understand that, was more of a community too. I yeah. think more than just a football club. Yeah. It was a, it was a place identity. Yeah. Even yeah. if the people, like, you'd get probably the mothers, the, the uncles, exactly. the aunties, the sisters, they would actually be at the club, not oh, at the games on, but it's a community. Mm. Whereas I think now a lot of that is lost. And that's the thing we we're talking about. It's hard to identify yourself with a club. Yeah, And I think that's a probably one of the big reasons why the A-League hasn't, the heights, you know? I know, and it's funny because the A League sort of has these little peaks and stuff, doesn't yeah. it? You know, whenever you know Australia does well, I mean, we had that great peak after the 2006 World Cup. Was you know there was it was you know happy days. It was happy days for uh, uh, the A League, but it's sort of unless you have that rock solid back uh, foundation, it collapses very quickly. Definitely. And it's and it's you know it's just going to go up and down and up and down, and exactly. it worries me because I, I love football, you know. And I've, you know, I've been approached, you know, do you want to, do you want to be part of this club or do you want, and I'm going, yeah, especially in the A-League and you're going, you know what, I love football so much that the last thing I'd want to do is actually, you know, have a yeah. stake in it. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fan, you know, and you but don't, I, I don't see that. advantageous as well because being I feel, fan, you've got yes. the club at heart. I yeah. think so. Like if you were to be involved, yeah, yeah. I think it, you know, I think that's a, a point of difference because there's a lot of people involved who aren't fans, no. just see it as dollar signs yeah. and that's all they care about in the end, it's their demise because yeah. it doesn't work like that. No, no, we get people saying, you know, can I invest in your next film? And you go, yeah. well, really? I mean, uh, no, not really because we, we don't ask for people to do that. We, you know, we, you know, we try and make money on whatever we make and then we reinvest it into our future things. But I can't guarantee you anything. It's like, you know, I, you, yeah. you, you know, you, you either got to like making a film and want to be part of the, the whole race. It's like a racehorse, I guess, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you got to, yeah. you know what I mean? Here's the, it's an yeah. adventure. I don't know whether it's going to work yeah, or not. Exactly. But uh, for people, to, yeah, I, I'm presuming there's a lot of people in clubs that are going, well, I invested this much. Where's, where, where's, the, where, yeah. where, where's the results? Exactly. And you look in Europe, a lot of the best owners, like you look at, for example, Florentino Perez, mm. Berlusconi, mm. all these type of mm. owners, invested a lot of money, but they were like, Totally. Tied to the club. Absolutely. They still, you know, and that's, you look at the success they had. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you see some of these, like, you know, billionaires, they invest in a club, no idea about football, hire some guy as the head of football, and then bang, all of a sudden they're in debt yeah. a billion dollars because they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's not that easy. It's sad because I actually saw an interview with Dukes maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. Is that the ESPN one? Yeah. Yeah. Where he brought up all these amazing points on okay. why. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't see it. Was it was about development in right, right. Australia, no, I didn't football see development. And it was like poetry for me. Like Good listening. But in the end, uh, it's two years on. I think it was longer than two years. Yeah, I remember when it, it was when the Euros were on. Yeah, and, and came uh, out. nothing happened. Nothing happened. And, you know, they spoke about the, the golden generation coming back to help and this mm -hmm. and the other and it never happened. And that's what – that's. Gives me no faith. No, you know I mean? no. And, and I think a lot of it is like you, I think we've got to understand what the – what – what does the golden generation mean? To me, I mean, I, I've thought about it a lot over the years because you're going, what is it? Is all these freaks playing? It's not. It was everybody who played, played regular football in Europe. In Europe. Exactly. exactly right. It was pretty it, simple. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a rocket science, you know, no, no, it, it was, was it? They, you know what I mean? That's all yeah. it was. Yep. Exactly right. You know, they, they, they might, you know, one's playing a Blackburn, you know, the other's playing, you know, whatever. They, they, you know, as long as you're just playing regular football 
at, at a reasonably high level and you've got that match hardness and exactly. that's that's all it is. Yep. So we, you, we I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening up at that level. I, I don't know when, when Ange left. I don't know exactly what was going on there. It sounded like his ambitions were almost too lofty for, for, yeah, for Football Australia. Now, I, I seem to remember him saying, I see us winning a World Cup, with, you know, within – you know, three or four World Cups or something, and and like you know, everyone's head spun going. But you can't say that. And you go, well, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? yeah. But I definitely think yeah, his ambition and what he wanted didn't align with theirs. Yeah. But then it's like what you're saying with Viduka. There's no better person to actually that's been through it. Yeah. To like listen and be a mentor for these people. They don't want to. Though. You know, like I just don't understand. And it's like instead of hiring people that, you know, haven't really got the background in football or had the journey. you got this guy that's probably the best player ever that's played at the highest level and he's saying these things but then nothing gets done. I think what happens is, uh, and I've seen this a lot in the world of television and in, in the world of radio, and that is that people in power, people in power, um, they're motivated more by the fear of failure than they are mm, by yeah. that, 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 mm. that desire to sort of be an, an amazing success. Now, the, everyone wants that. They, well, they'll say they want that. But they're more scared than, so that they, they'd rather not do anything too weird, yeah, because exactly. then you go, well, the, I've got less chance of actually being sacked. Then if that. it doesn't work, yeah. it's yeah. all on you. Yeah, no, which is sense. a pity because you know all the all great things come from exactly. you know you know they you know once upon risk, a time yeah. people thought that all swans were white until they got to West Australia and you go, no, there's a black swan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So so you, you you've got to be the first person to say. No, I, this is mm. what I reckon. I reckon we should do it this way, but it's hard to find people that, that back mm. you up there because if they if you go down, then you, know, you exactly. go down. They, they go down with them. Here's a question for you: 2006 World Cup quarterfinal. Oh, sorry, round 16. 16. Italy is versing Australia. Yeah. Who are you going for? Oh, mate, I, I'll show you the pictures. I was in my Australian gear. You were. I had the Australian shirt on. Was there? No, 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 nothing. no, no, nothing, 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 because. I'd gone to the World Cups following Italy so much and I, I felt like Italy will always have its chance, okay? Italy will always have its chance. Well, I also – Italy is also the kind of club that uh, – the club, uh, the team that kind of annoys me that you go, with all that talent, guys, come on, get get over all that – the personal stuff that's going in there and going on in there and stop sucking, stop doing – you know, uh, I love the, the – you know, the 1980 – Force uh, a 1982 side is my favorite because they the backs against the walls yeah. they had just toughed it out and you're going that's toughing it out that's a gr- that's a great side and sometimes you look at sides and you're going you know what uh, yeah you you, you th- you're taking this for granted you know that the world and they can't take it for granted anymore unfortunately mm. but so then I I really wanted Australia to win because Australia really had to work hard there. You know, they mm. they they got in there. Actually, Italy got in there ugly as well. They they yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, got in man. ugly. They yeah. got in ugly. Uh, clearly, after after we after we lost that game, uh, you know, my allegiance has <laughs> swung course. completely. But I really wanted Australia to win that game. Yeah. In fact, that game was. I'd waited my whole life for that game. I can't say that. I mean, it's, 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 I, I basically said, you know, I've seen everything now. I've, I've gone to see Italy versus Australia at a World Cup in, in a final stage. That's well, to me that it just didn't get any better than that. And um, and I, I thought it was the right result. I mean, mm. I I don't think Australia played well. I mean, we could have stolen it, but we we didn't quite play well enough to deserve to win that game. I don't think. Mm. I don't think. 
and and I think that they were probably uh, probably World Cup night maybe World Cup naive to once you get a player sent off, you know that the ref there's a good chance the ref is going to make yeah, up no, no, for that, especially yeah. when it was that was mm-hmm. it was touch and go the send off as well, and uh, and the, but how dramatic I mean of all circumstances. What do you guys reckon? Do you reckon it was a penalty? Oh, well, look. We've got a player's we, perspective on this, to be honest. Whenever we talk yeah. about this, mm. because we've spoken about it a few mm. times across many yeah. years, we cop some abuse. Oh, okay. So on, on both, look, for me, it's yeah. a penalty, yeah. personally, yeah, yeah, because yeah. if I put myself yeah. in Grossel's boots, you just I'm going down That's every right. single time. Exactly. And I also have the opinion, someone like Lucas Neal, mm. who was playing at the top, mm-hmm. top level, mm. captaining, He's West Ham, I think, at the time. Was West, West Ham, Ham? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Blackburn or West Ham? Blackburn, 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 Maybe yeah. West, I think West Ham. But regarded as a, a top, top centre-back, yeah, yeah. should have known better. You don't go better. down. As in, like, we're attacking Absolutely. players too. So for me, any incentive that the defender gives me to yeah, go yeah. down, I'm going down. Absolutely. If he stays up, then Grosso's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to look at it. I'll look at it from both yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it was given against us, like, for example, yes. I would be like, well, okay. while you're diving in. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so well, it's almost like you've you got, got to give it as the ref without VAR what's, too. Yeah, exactly. It's in the spirit of the but moment. What's it, what's your opinion on should Brescia have brought him down earlier? Oh, it's a tough one. Because that because there well, was – sort of – he tried. There was, there was some – do you reckon he did try? Do you reckon he – I reckon he did. Because I, 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 I can't look back at it. I reckon him. he's Italian in him. Just let him go. <laughs> <laughs> no way. The, gen, the gentleman in him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he he sort of tried. I remember there was a there was a sort of it was a, on the edge. Yeah, the box. It was, the, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. not quite the edge of the box. There was it was still yeah. But I remember I remember in the lead up to that game because because as I said I had immediate accreditation and I and I struck up a good friendship with most of the guys from the Gazzetta dello Sport and mm. and all the other Italian media, and because I was, I struck up a friendship with them and, and and some of them I still write to, uh, they were asking me for for intel, and so they were going. A lot of, you know, just Harry Kuehl, what do you reckon? Yeah. And, and I'm going, definitely playing. Yeah, yeah, De- yeah. So I kept giving him wrong information <laughs> as much as I could, as much yeah. as I could, as much as I could. That's so funny. What was your opinion on a penalty? I reckon it was a penalty. Yeah. I reckon in a, World Cup, in a World Cup, in a World Cup, I'm sorry, yes. Luckily I'm not on social, so I'm, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. Uh, at, what I mean is at the time, is, you know what? What if they look back that, uh, back at it on VAR. What would happen That's now? That's the thing. That's so it's totally different. I don't know, what, I don't know what VAR would do. Uh, I don't know what VAR would say. Is it a, would would a would a, a different referee give a different decision? And that's the thing because you got to look at it from the perspective the ref was in real time. Yeah. So like it's gone. It's happened. Yeah, boom. Yeah. It's not like now we look at it. They look at it for fifteen but it'd be minutes. Just, but I reckon it'd be just as hard because you had to overturn yeah. the ref's decision. Yeah. It's got to be like clear and obvious. Yeah. So it's like is it clear and obvious? I don't oh, know. No. And then the angles that you look at it, it's different. I, I, to, just to me, I just thought that Fabio Grosso yeah. had the right to keep travelling in the direction that he was travelling in without going there. Is that what you said? Yeah. As in he, you know, I the, think he uh, could have stayed up if he wanted to. He could have yeah, stayed but up. But I haven't lost the top of my head. But I don't know what was there. Yeah, like if there was a player ready, yeah. I don't know whether to, there was because yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think there. I don't think there was as well. There wouldn't have been as many yeah, players yeah. forward. I don't know. And uh, and in the post match, uh, again in the in the mix zone, I was listening to uh, Totti's. Uh, I was listening to Totti's interview with the I don't know who he was talking to, 
and he was thinking of uh, doing a, a yeah. A I heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said it in his documentary. Yeah. He did. He say it in his documentary because yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. him actually and say it. And everyone's like, "Come on, no, no, now, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, he just decided yeah, to, yeah, no, to, to, to smash it. Yeah. And I remember. So it was who was it was the coach Lippy who was yeah. So, and I remember Lippy being asked. So. What were you thinking uh, at the, you know, you know, what we, what were your thoughts yeah. on the penalty? He goes, my thoughts were uh, were about who I was going to, you know, play who were, who I was going to play in extra time. And he said I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. My, my mind was already in extra time. So to me, it was an interesting ploy by Hiddink because Hiddink obviously just said, let's roll the dice, let's try and hang in there and just get it to extra time mm. or penalties even, but. Because I think I thought that Hitting Hitting was an interesting coach in that World Cup. I think he was a great he was a great gambler in that World Cup, yeah. wasn't he? He just gambled his yeah, way through definitely. it. Yes, definitely. Um, it looked like a party from here, mm. but what was it like actually being in Germany in that World Cup? Because uh, it was a party. I feel like the vibe was very different. Maybe Brazil was sort of Brazil would have been a party too. But, but yeah, I don't know. For me, Germany. Uh, Germany, yeah. obviously, because Italy no, won it as well. But there's <laughs> special, yeah. Yeah, but there was also I don't know. It just had an amazing vibe around that. It had a vibe. I, I think. I, I think that w- when you're in, especially World Cups in Europe, yeah. I, I know I really noticed it in France and in and in Germany, because the Dutch are there, mm. because the Scottish Easy were, to you know, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Scottish were there in '98. It, when you with the Scott, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they just they basically set up camp, yeah. and you you can't avoid it. Yeah. Uh, so it it is a bit of a party, and the Australians, you know, yeah. clearly the Australians were having a great time. Of course, we're having a great time. In fact, I was there for the because um, I, 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 uh, I went there at really late notice. Um, I was staying with the Aussie foot, the AFL footy show. The, the, were the they one, doing a show? They there? were doing shows from there. Oh. Really? So, and they said, "Why don't you come and stay? Um, why don't you stay, stay at the hotel with us?" So I was spending time with them, and it was great fun. Yeah. There was, you know, it was they had big concerts with. Uh, you know, Colin Hay from Men at Work and Simple Mind. Your mum will tell you about this, <laughs> Alessandro. Um, but it was it was party. It was party time there. It definitely looked like it from. Yeah. Where, whereas whereas Korea and 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 and, and, fr- and Japan <laughs> not, quite. not quite not quite. Were, did you go to that? It was such a weird. I did go to that because again, it was my dream to take That's my dad right, to yeah, World Cup, that, yeah. and we and it was the first year of what they call team specific tickets. So right. you could follow all of oh, Italy's okay, games. Yeah. So I was so I said to my dad. Let's just get all of Italy's games, uh, and where, however far they go, they go. And then what happens is you 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 then get to see the teams. You get to see the games that they would have played in okay, had they yeah, not made yeah, it. Right. So we basically got there after that the day they got knocked out from from by South Korea. That was a so joke. literally we went, and, which was terrible, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so we got to see every game that Italy would have played in oh. <laughs> had it not been for that Fine. awful, awful and corrupt decision that we know that, now. That we long. we. We know now that that the guy was. I think he got condemned. The ref, didn't he? Yeah, he actually got for, charged for, 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 for drugs for, for other stuff. For yeah. other stuff. For, yeah. uh, for I think he was a corrupt mayor or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I think he tried to traffic cocaine as well. That was something. Like somewhere. looking at it now, and you see it. I watched it back not long it's ago. It's actually oh, yeah. it makes me sick looking at that. It's truly unbelievable. Look, you got one. That, all right, look, you know, you got the decision. You know, like the Lampard one in, in um, yeah, yeah. South Africa when it crossed the line. Yeah, okay, yeah. one incident. When we're talking like five or six onside goals. I was like, yeah, you should talk to Ed Cavalier about corruption in uh, in sport. He'll, uh, yeah. oh yeah, he's uh, he's got a few theories there. Yeah, he's got a good thing. But the good thing about uh, going to the World Cup with my dad was just the adventures that we'd had. There was one time at the um, we were in Korea, and in, in the World Cup they usually have one. 
that you usually have one uh, place in the country that is not a big place. It's just to highlight the agricultural centre yeah. or something like that. And so we went to a, a tiny place in, in Korea for where Italy would have been playing one of their matches. You know, as I'm flying in, I've got my Lonely Planet guide back in the days where people yeah. used to actually read a book before they went to uh, okay. to a country. And I'm going, I wonder where we're staying because we, we had uh, – our tickets had vouchers guaranteeing our stay and had like code numbers so but didn't have an address. So I'm going, how many hotels does this place have? Because it's, it looks pretty small. And I read it's got it's only got three hotels. I'm going, there's going to be 50,000 people at the game and there's three hotels what, what, and it's a small town. So I arrived. Went strapped in the information desk, the World Cup information desk. Hey, look, I've got accommodation here. It says here, uh, uh, and but w- w- what's the hotel? And they go, no, no, you have got to go to the taxi driver, and he knows the code, and he'll take you there. So I went up to a taxi driver, and I said, oh, we're going here. And he goes, you go there. And I'm going, yeah, we're going there. He goes, you go there. And I'm going, yeah, we're going there. He's going, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're driving. We, you know, we drive from the airport. We drive into the town. We drive through the town. We drive out of the town, and all of a sudden, we're in this area. It's like a complete red light district, and there's this there's this like motel called the the hotel. It's called Young Sin, and I thought it was a <laughs> Korean name, but no, it's actually Young Sin. You know, so, so, so it's like it's like you're rented by the yeah. hour, and he, and so he <laughs> drops us off, and you walk in there, and there's literally an old lady in a titanium cage, right, uh, and a whole lot of X-rated like DVDs on the wall, and and she's looking at us, and I'm going, we've got a room here tonight, and she's going, I don't understand, and then basically. A, a working girl walks down the stairs and she goes, I speak English, can I help you guys? And I'm going, are we in the wrong place? Should we be staying here? And she goes, yeah, no, no, you're staying in the, uh, she said, you're staying in the, um, in the, on the pirate floor. <laughs> and I'm, so, so, and she said, do you want towels? And I'm going, well, we're probably going to need to. And they gave us these little, t- <laughs> these tiny little towels, right? So we've gone up there and there's, in this corridor, every every there's portholes and it looked like pir- a pirate ship, right? And we walk into the room and it's a heart shaped bed with mirrors everywhere. So my dad and I, my dad and I had to top and tail in a heart shaped bed. I've got pictures of all this stuff, right? And I'm going, this is crazy, this is insane. And my dad's going, how good is this? You can actually see the soccer the right way around when you're lying down because there's one mirror looking into that mirror into the TV. And when we woke up the following morning. We were relieved to find out that there was a whole lot of other soccer people there. Oh, they they no. basically opened up every piece of accommodation. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was it was Jeez. crazy to, <laughs> to, to do that. Yeah. That's crazy. When we did a bit of research on you, we also found out that you became the uh, unofficial official translator of Juve. <laughs> I think the word unofficial is probably <laughs> – probably, um, How did that even My God. Jeez, how did you find out? Well – I, I do tell the story every now and again, especially when Mick Malloy is – whenever I do anything with Mick Malloy and his soccer, he always makes me tell the story. But mm. I was at university. It was the early 80s and – 84 maybe. And Juvent, the great Juventus side came out here, obviously well, well before your time, but it was a legendary side. Most of the, the 82 World Cup side was from, mm. from from that team. And they all came. It wasn't one of those ones where, yeah. you yeah. know, they leave people behind. They came. They all came. Uh, Rossi came, you know, Boniek, uh, uh, Shirea, Zoff had, had retired but uh, was playing. So Stefano Tacconi was the goalkeeper at the time. He was a great goalkeeper. But, but and, and that was just some of them. But Cabrini, Tardelli, they were all there. Yeah. Um, I was going to my uh, Zia Rosa and Zia Maria's place, which is in Park Street in, in, in Parkville, because I used to go from university to their place maybe once every couple of weeks. They used to make pizzas for me at home. Those big fat ones, you yeah, know, the big, big, big yeah. fat ones. And I was taking back to uni. I was a bit of a hero at uni. I would share around <laughs> the pizzas. And I remember my dad saying, uh, the 
the Juve is do, doing a press conference at the Park Royal Motel, which is opposite Princess Park, Optus Oval. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was going there, I, said, I, I saw all the all the antennas and everything up. And I said, oh, yeah. They, they, so I walked in. Trapattoni was coach. And the press conference was about to start. And on, on, the, on the front desk there was Trapattoni, Rossi, Boniek, and, Tard- and uh, Zoffo Tardelli. And, um, and I remember there was a, a, a media person went up to Trapattoni and, and said, well, who's your translator? He goes, no translator for me. I speak English very good. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting there going, geez, there's, uh, <laughs> there's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so the first question goes, so Mr. Trapattoni, how do you think it's going to go? You, know, you, reckon, you, you reckon it's going to go well? You know, you, what are your chances? And, all that? and he's just looking and going, well, what the hell? <laughs> so I said, um, so I started, I said, I just put my hand up and I just said, because no one was translating. It was just, yeah, it was it was just, just dead awkward. air. It was yeah. just dead air. And I said, uh, he just said, he asked, blah, 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 blah. And next question, I do the same thing. Trapattoni says, "Come and come and just come and sit down here. Don't do it from the floor." So I sat next to him. And there's footage. There's a friend of mine from the ABC has. I've got. There's actual footage that was shown on the news that night. Uh, uh, you just so you see me up there with the, with, with the guys. Anyway, so I spent the rest of the tour around Australia being their translator. And when you say unofficial translator, it meant that there were other jobs that were involved in it as well. For instance. I was in charge of holding all the married men's wedding rings every night. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to put a little label on them and make sure that it went back to the right guy because then they'd be so offended if they got the wrong wedding ring yeah, back. Yeah, you know, yeah, was, was, so um, they were here partying. Um, and I also used to take, this is clearly before mobile phone calls, I used to take the phone calls and the phone calls were, uh, sorry, Senora, now your husband's in a team meeting at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, which technically was sometimes correct. <laughs> um, but I witnessed some things that you, you got no idea. That, 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 well, I'm just wondering, is the statute <laughs> yeah. of limitations, you know what, considering now that, that both are no longer with us, I did witness Shirea getting very physical with Paolo Rossi one night in the corridors, like as in what, it, was, it was on, it was on. Really? Because... Because I think Gaetano Shirao was a very quite a serious kind of guy. Paolo Rossi was was a bit of a player, and I think he brought a couple of girls back to the room, and he he just had enough of it, and it, it got. I had to get out and actually stop that. But the rest of it was all translating for guys at nightclub. Even this, it was quite embarrassing, especially the single guys. Go, can you up to go up to that girl and say this? And I'm going, yeah, I cannot right. say yeah. that. And they're going, you're my translator. And I'm going, but I, I can't, I cannot yeah. do that. You know, it's just, and uh, so there was a lot of that going on. But uh, geez, it was a good time. Yeah, and we took be. the guys to a footy match. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. taking Paolo Rossi and well, uh, they Oh, they just said these guys are mad. Yeah. Also, back at the, you got to think it was the early eighties. So yeah, you can imagine what foot was like. Yeah, people yeah, were, yeah. were punching each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was a crazy guy called. In fact, of all people, there was a crazy guy called Mark Jacko Jackson. I think uh, I've seen uh, clips you, of yeah. him. Oh yeah, no, he played that day, and the Italians saw him, and they just oh my <laughs> god. My right oh my god. But it was so weird that that you know that there were training sessions at at um, and Duke's Road in Faulkner. You know, they're tra- the, the Juve side yeah, was actually, you know, you're going to, you're, you're, walk, you're walking up Duke's Road with the, the with mean. basically, you know, the cream, uh, World Cup champions and, and and people, you know, patting, you know, you know, just tapping them on the shoulder and walking up to them going, you know, can, you know, can you take a picture and, 
they were crazy days, but great. It was a great side. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Now it it's not even side. good enough for MPL at Dukes Road. That's yeah. how entitled people <laughs> are these okay, days. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone play there? Who plays there now? Yeah. Um, I think Faulkner plays there, doesn't he? Yeah, Faulkner, I think they are. Is it Juve? Uh, U- play there. How many Juves are there? I don't know yeah. which is what, uh, who is yeah. who anymore, but anyway. Yeah, because I, I was at the original, the Sumner Park. I was at the Sumner That's Park. Yeah. That's what, yeah, okay, yeah. So Great days. I'm sure, I don't know what I've ever asked you before, but can you still smell the fennel from... From Mary Creek. You know what? I haven't noticed yet, yeah, but when know, you yeah. told me on the phone, I, yeah. I, I'm sort of – because yeah, we actually haven't been back to Sumner since because okay, we're not allowed right. to train on it until the season starts. Oh, is that right? Okay. But uh, I will uh, keep that it's in mind. It's a beautiful so. smell from down I'll the creek. You know. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now they've got – you won't recognise the place. Is that right? What have they got yeah. there now? The stands Full and things? bar. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Well, they reckon it's like the best bar in a okay. soccer club in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, they're sponsored by a massive brewery. Yeah, yeah. Full on like – Cafe, coffee machine, yeah, pasta nights, all the rest of it. So right. Well, look, those days where I mean, back in those days, there were some good players that came through there. I, have you guys ever heard of Eddie Konchevich? Nah. Eddie, Eddie like was a Alan great Croatian was, yeah. player who uh, Alan, I think, mentioned him. Yeah. He's a, he's yeah. a, uh, yeah, he would have played with Alan. Yeah. He, I think he coached Carlton in the NSL, where where where, where Bresh and and Vinny yeah. and Simon were. Um, so he came up through there. In fact, quite a lot of Croatia. I don't know why back then. Maybe maybe it was so early on. That you were you you had better chances playing with with Juve than you did staying with uh, with the Knights, which were the Preston Knights, maybe. Back. I don't know whether they were the oh, Melbourne Knights back then. I'm not sure, but there there were Croatians that came through there, yeah. and there were some 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 great players that came there. There was a a wonderful Italian player called Fab Cantalupo who's um, who was oh, really he's, good. He's, um, he's, uh, funny that? enough, he's our uh, one of our best friends' father-in-law. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. In fact, I bumped into him not that long ago down oh, at Lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah, so he, he may have been slightly sl- younger than me, but he was, I think he played for Australia. I think he may have actually played a couple of games. I don't know if it was for the uh, for oh, maybe for team, the under, but yeah, I think yeah. it was the under yeah. 20. I think, he, yeah, I remember Marcus telling us. Right, yeah, okay, but, yeah, 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 yeah. there you go. But some great players come through and some great coaches. And, you know, back in those days, um, some great Italian players who played at a really high level in Italy or in Scotland and stuff, they played for Juventus. Now, they would... You know, the you got to remember, George Best played in Australia. Yeah, I know he came for you know he came to party, but he <laughs> played in the NSL. He played for maybe was it the NSL, maybe not even the NSL. He played for Murrubark. What? Yeah, yeah, and Doncaster Road. No, no, I know it's crazy. I actually didn't know that. Crazy stuff. I didn't know that, yeah. someone, someone's written a book about it called "Be My Guest." I've got, uh, yeah. Well, so George Best did, did actually come here. Yeah. So, and you were obviously a, were you a fan as well of Juve? I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Sumner Park. Absolute. What was that like? Because uh, oh. we always hear about the NSL days and whatever yeah. it was before that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, how. Well, as, as we were saying before, it, the community spirit was unbelievable. You yeah. knew the players. Everyone yeah. knew the players. I mean, I know I was more connected with the club, but but still, you know, I, I used to get, we used to go to, you know, the, the guy, if the guys were playing a 3, a 3 p.m. game at Olympic Park, you know, at midday, you'd be at Pellegrini's with half the team and they're having, you know, is Dino De Marchi still involved at Juve? I know he was, he, he used to play in the 70s, but basically I used to remember the, the, the you know, big plates of pasta at about, you know, at about 12.30, then, you know, they're carving yeah. up or whatever they're doing. You go, really? With a, you know, you shouldn't be eating ravioli before a game. I'm not, <laughs> not sure this is right. Uh, but that was part of it. You know, I remember as a really little kid, in, this is in 1970 because I'm a big uh, AFL fan and, and Collingwood was playing in a grand final against Carlton at the MCG. Massive game. There were big, I think 120,000 people went to that game. 
And Juve was playing at Olympic Park and literally people had transistors in the game to, at the soccer game to find out what was going on in the footy game. And the players were literally, you know, walking up and going, what's the score, you know. <laughs> it, was that, it was that vibe. Even though there were, you know, 15,000 people watching a state league game, there was still that level of, yeah. you know, uh, Personability, yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, still, yeah, it's, yeah, it still had that. So that, yeah, they were great days. They were very passionate days. And you know, you, I don't know whether you guys have spoken to any anybody who's involved in South Melbourne. They, you know, they used to sack coaches every three or four weeks. You know, mm-hmm. if, they, if they didn't deliver, they, you know, they were they were full on. You know, they they used to get rid of them. And um, but there were some wonderful players, like wonderful players. I, I, I got to tell you that the most exciting players were the ones that just wanted to come to a better climate and make maybe a little bit more money from where they were playing in like Dundee or Kilmarnock or something. The Scottish players were great. Yeah. yeah. They were really good. They were tough. Mm. They were skillful. They were fun. Uh, and they were really, really, really good to watch. If, if that, but I'm talking about state league. I'm that, this is before NSL. Yeah. In fact, I'm that old that when I went at NSL, I used to go to the games, but I wasn't passionate about it because it wasn't my wheelhouse. So I grew up yeah, in, yeah, the, in, yeah. in the era before that. So I would go to games, but I wasn't attached to any clubs. Mm. Same with A League. I'm not attached yeah, to any yeah, club. Yeah, I'd love to see Melbourne clubs do well, but, but really, you know, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have that attachment. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, what's what's next for <laughs> Santo? What, what's in the works? If you, any any um, exclusives? I, I'm taking it one game at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still working with the same guys uh, after oh, 40 years plus. So. Last year was our busiest year ever. You know, we've never done more productions in our life. So we mightn't be in front of the camera as much as we have been in the past because, you know, let's say we, we, we've gone past our prime in terms of presentability. Uh, but our brains are still in it. Our, our enthusiasm is still, is still in it. Our love is still in it. So we'll, we'll keep doing comedy shows till, you know, till they put us in a wooden box. Uh, and in terms of football, you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing the game again. Till, um, till they put me in a box and whether and it doesn't matter what the format is, whether it's on, you know, AFL, um, AFL show like uh, uh, the front bar and stuff, I'll always, you know, I'll always, you know, bring my soccer colours to that. Um, I, you know, Santo Salmoned never dies, as in it's one of those things where it's all, we're always there, we're always texting each other. If, if we're not even doing the show, we're texting each other jokes. So, um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll bring it back. <laughs> Everyone's really busy, you know. Sam, yeah. Sam's doing a lot of shows. Ed, Ed, Ed's a very busy man. He does breakfast radio in Sydney. Um, we, we're producing a lot of shows, so we don't know. We, we try not to think too much in yeah. advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got another season of Have You Been Paying Attention this year? Another season of The Cheap Seats. Another season of Thank God You're Here. Um, and. And then we'll be writing. We're always writing for the next for the next stuff. Well, it's been an absolute honor to have you in here. Thank you very much. Uh, honestly, I've loved, I've I've lo- I love I love talking football, and and, and you guys are fantastic. It's Thank great talking much. to you. Thank you. Give my regards to your mum. I will. Yes. <laughs> tell tell her. Right. Ask her if she ever saw the hand sketch, <laughs> yeah, yes, and whether she was offended by it, Actually, whether she was yeah. there on the fateful night. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing we fell on. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for all the work you do as well for football in this country. Uh, There's no need to. I don't. I, I don't expect thanks because it's, you know what I mean. It's it it's it's a, it's a love. It's a love. Yeah. So Definitely. it's like it's like saying thanks to your parents when you go. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, it's just that's what you it's what you do. So I don't I don't I, you know in many ways I don't feel like I do enough, yeah. but but I don't. You know what? I also don't want to wear my my football suit 
like a hair suit. Like I don't want it mm. to be a burden on yeah, me. Yeah, no, 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 you know no, what no. I mean? You want to celebrate it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, exactly so, right. so that that's how I, I, I treat my my relationship with both uh, both football and also my nationality. I, I love being Italian. A lot. I, lo- I bring a lot of my Italian uh, ethnicity into my humor, but I don't. I, I'm not a standard bearer for Italian. Yeah. society you know what I mean I don't want to be seen as oh you're the, the Italian guy that does comedy yeah. so once again thank you very much it's a pleasure very, very all much. the best to you guys thank, you, thank much. you if you haven't already make sure you are following us on Instagram uh, TikTok subscribe to YouTube follow on Spotify and basically that's it I think that's it yeah. I'd say follow Santo on Instagram yes. but he doesn't even need Instagram yes. Unless, unless you, <laughs> if you think it wasn't a penalty, then don't do any yeah, of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just abuse us instead. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Ciao.